we are having an extreme heat warning here in Arizona. For us, that means we stay in the air-conditioned house. For some reason, that makes me very eager to write. I'm working on a book about my dance with cancer, a sequel to Portal in Time, or maybe a prequel, and a murder mystery. But, of course, the blog comes first. This is my payback for everything good that's ever happened to me. Last week, I wrote, without going too deeply into the topic, about obtaining a kidney. This week I'll be writing about donating a kidney. I have it in mind to ask a friend who is a kidney donator about writing a guest blog, but we may have to wait a bit for that. She is one busy person. So, without this first-hand experience, let's see what we can find out. According to the National Kidney Foundation, living donation can come from the following. Living donation takes place when a living person donates an organ, or part of an organ, for transplantation to another person. The living donor can be a family member, such as a parent, child, brother or sister, living related donation. Living donation can also come from someone who is emotionally related to the recipient, such as a good friend, spouse or an in-law, living unrelated donation. Thanks to improved medications, a genetic link between the donor and recipient is no longer required to ensure a successful transplant. In some cases, living donation may even be from a stranger, which is called anonymous or non-directed donation. But not everyone can donate a kidney. I turned to Dignity Health, the fifth largest health system in the nation, for more information about not being able to donate. Living donors should be in good overall physical and mental health and older than 18 years of age. Some medical conditions could prevent you from being a living donor. Medical conditions that may prevent a living kidney donation may include uncontrolled high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, HIV, hepatitis, acute infections, or a psychiatric condition requiring treatment. Since some donor health conditions could harm a transplant recipient, it is important that you share all information about your physical and mental health. You must be fully informed of the known risks involved with donating and complete a full medical and psychosocial evaluation. Your decision to donate should be completely voluntary and free of pressure or guilt. So now that we have an idea of who can and who cannot donate a kidney, the original question remains. How do you donate? The most logical source I could think of for this information was the American Kidney Fund. Here's what they had to say. Contact the transplant center where a transplant candidate is registered. You will need to have an evaluation at the transplant center to make sure that you are a good match for the person you want to donate to and that you are healthy enough to donate. If you are a match, healthy, and willing to donate, you and the recipient can schedule the transplant at a time that works for both of you. If you are not a match for the intended recipient, but still want to donate your kidney so that the recipient you know can receive a kidney that is a match, paired kidney exchange may be an option for you. Another way to donate a kidney while you are alive is to give a kidney to someone you do not necessarily know. This is called living non-directed donation. If you are interested in donating a kidney to someone you do not know, the transplant center might ask you to donate a kidney when you are a match for someone who is waiting for a kidney in your area, or as part of kidney paired donation. You will never be forced to donate. Let's take a look at the actual procedure now. The most commonly used surgical procedure for kidney donation is laparoscopic. The University of California San Francisco explains it far better than I could. Laparoscopic donor nephrectomy is minimally invasive surgery that utilizes instruments such as a camera, videoscope, and tools, instruments, to remove the kidney on long, narrow rods that are placed into the abdomen through small incisions. The videoscope and surgical instruments are maneuvered through three or four small incisions in the abdomen. Carbon dioxide is pumped into the abdominal cavity to inflate it, which helps the surgeon to see and maneuver better. Once the kidney is freed, 
It is secured in a bag and pulled through an incision that is about 3 inches long and is several inches below the umbilicus, belly button. Laparoscopic donor nephrectomy has several benefits over open nephrectomy, including faster recovery time, shorter hospital stay, and less post-operative pain. The majority of transplant centers today perform laparoscopic donor nephrectomy for their living donors. Finally, let's find out what life would be like for you after donating your kidney. You will need a few weeks to months to heal from surgery, but after that most donors are able to return to their normal daily life. You won't need lifelong medicines. You can eat the same things you did before donation. You can be active and play sports. You can still get pregnant or father a child. Most living donors say they were happy with the donation experience and that they would do it again. It's a chance to change someone's life. In a few cases, related living donors have even reported an improved quality of life after donation. To stay healthy, you'll need medical checkups yearly and need to stay at a healthy weight after donating. Thank you to UNOS, United Network for Organ Sharing, for the above information. I think I just may have become a kidney donor myself if I didn't have diabetes. In any case, I did find this fascinating. It's one of those things I've always wondered about and promised myself that I would find out about someday. Someday has come and now we both know a bit about being a kidney donor. Until next week. Keep living your life.